Hi, and thank you for listening to Dream 10X Radio, where we interview people attempting to live extraordinary lives. Our twofold purpose is to both direct and inspire people bold enough to do the same. Dream 10X. Face your fears. Dream 10X. Welcome to episode 26 of the Dream 10X podcast. It's your boy JC. And it's Dr. Capel. And this week we are going to do what? (laughs) Dr. Dr. Capel, what are we doing? You're coaching me, right? You're going to be doing some learning. All right. (laughs) So I always talk about my personal vision statement. I commit to be a disruptor for positive change. (laughs) Not disruptor of positive change, but a disruptor for positive change. What that means is I don't stand by the status quo and I speak my mind. You're a troublemaker. I'm a troublemaker (laughs) because it's all about standing up for the best possible solution. Don't accepting things the way that they are. Especially when oftentimes you hear so this could be really more efficient if we did this way or we're not hearing these people voice but then people come back and say well this is the way we've always done it Mm -hmm. how do you respond to that well i don't think it's always as obvious as this is the way we've always done it sometimes it's not um it's just not all that clear Mm -hmm. i mean it just sometimes it takes a lot of personal conviction to push against something that a decision that needs to be made or or something that's taking place yeah mm-hmm. exactly and so finding out more information okay that's the way it's always done it but why is it that way and the reason behind it and then figuring out a solution that's best for the organization thus promoting positive change mm. so when i operate in the universe and in work and in my life this is how i my aspiration of who i want to be i have something similar for my leadership, who I am as a leader in the organization. And that is, I inspire a growth mindset and positive change in others. So, that's how I lead my team. That's how I lead when I teach. And that's how I lead, you know, as a, that's how, what I aspire to be. When you write a personal vision statement, and this is something we've done with our leaders and organizations over the years, to help them become the leader they want to be. Do you have a personal vision statement or a leadership vision statement? <laughs> no. <laughs> no? Oh, I'm so glad you're here today, James. <laughs> I so, paid a lot of money for this coaching session, <laughs> too, so this better be good. So we're going to talk a little bit about what goes into a leadership vision statement. And this is obviously, this is a, like a four-hour class and takes a lot of reflection and a whole lot of activities. We're condensing this to 30 minutes. Thank you. <laughs> so listeners at home, if this is something you want to do on your own, we'll leave some of the tools up on our website and the blog so that you can pull it down. And if you want to create your own and if you want to reach out and want, want some coaching around it, we'd be happy to do that too. Uh, so when we look... Before we go forward, yeah. um, there was this guy that came and talked to, our, uh, talked to us at school one time in college. Mm-hmm. And this is not really kind of related to what you're talking about, but... He had this phrase that I used to, I tried to adopt in my, yeah. in, my, in my schoolwork, I guess. And then I tried to use it professionally for a little bit. But he, um, he, was, a, he was a coach and his, coach was, his, his coaching uh, metaphor was to think like a rhinoceros. 
that uh, rhinoceroses charge full steam ahead at something and they have a hard time like moving <laughs> left or right. Yeah. So uh, he, well, how did his, his name was Charlie Tyrion. I remember his name. He was a retired United States Marine Corps guy. And um, something along the lines of um, the animals of complacency and lethargy may be devouring me. Therefore, I must demonstrate the rhino spirit and charge ahead. I love this. <laughs> So I, Rhinos unite! <laughs> yeah, I love that. So I, I thought about that phrase a lot going through college. Yeah, that's Demonstrate awesome. Demonstrate the rhino spirit. And so what did you do to live by that? Um, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> uh, but basically the idea is, you know, come up with a plan, an idea of where you're going and charge at it full speed and don't think about, you know dodging anything that's in your way just go right through it yeah to get to your objective i love it <laughs> that's, that's a very powerful <laughs> metaphor a lot of times too with our personal vision statements or leadership vision statements uh it's understanding the behaviors that you've done or the conversations that you have and reflecting on it and so at the end of each day thinking through well did i live up to this or not did i charge forth like a rhino or did i be passive and do nothing today and if so what was causing that so really taking hmm. that time to reflect back on what you did or didn't do and That's the reasons behind it i don't i don't usually reflect i just I'm like thank god <laughs> i survived another day <laughs> <laughs> yeah reflection is really powerful to help you grow in whatever direction you want to hmm. i like that yeah so you're ready to get started yeah let's go all right so speaking of reflection so there's leadership strengths, and there's lots of different theories about leadership, great literature on the subject. There's a greatly admired historical leaders list that was populated by people, and it all came up with what are matters of principle. The, all of these leaders had or had not unwavering commitments to a clear set of values. They were passionate about their causes, and there were somebody that people wanted to follow. But what does that actually look like? What if, what does a person of great leadership look like? So I'm looking back at all of our people that you've studied in the books that you've read and the people we've talked to. And I was curious from your perspective, thinking back on some of the powerful conversations that you've had, what were some of the really, really important characteristics of these people who were great leaders? Um, from the ones that we've talked about so far on the podcast? Yeah, so anybody we've interviewed or talked to, and then we'll go into others. Hmm. Well, they all ha are well-connected. They, they know a lot of people. They have lots of, a, a good uh, Rolodex. Uh, Iger, Schwartzman, um, Buffett. They were all, all of these guys are good at raising money. Okay. Raising money to be invested to earn money for their investors. I, I'm just talking about character. I, so is that a leadership characteristic? I think so. I mean, people are putting their faith in them uh, to give them money. And that's one way they became extremely wealthy. They were able to raise money. Hey, let me invest in me and I'll take your money and give you a return on it. What did they do? What did they exhibit? How did they get people to have faith in them? Well, 
don't know. I mean, looking at Buffett, he definitely built up a track record of success with investing money. Um, Schwartzman, same thing. He came, he came from um, investment firms where he had a success record. Uh, he was well-connected from you know, going to Harvard Business School. And um, I think he was working at Solomon, if I remember correctly. Made a lot of good connections there and built up a track record as a good investor. Mm-hmm. Um, Iger, uh, you know, worked at ABC from ground from the ground floor and built up connections as he worked his way up the, the the food chain there and built and built started building trust with everybody around him mm-hmm. in, the, in the corporation. And um, yeah, somehow I, I, I still I don't really fully understand his story, but somehow he made a lot of good connections along the way, and people people just uh, trusted him, just implicitly trusted him. Even people that you know, the two guys that bought the company, somehow he built a strong chain of trust with them, which which slingshotted him into becoming the CEO eventually of Disney. I'm so glad you said that because trust is like the foundation of leadership. Okay. Yeah. And I also heard you say when you talked about they were able to get people to give them money, it was about their competence. And trust. Confidence and trust. Yep. Who else? Who else have we like talked to or books that you've read? Well, then there was Jim Brown. Okay. The Marine architect. What, what what about him? I don't know. You tell me. What about <laughs> what characteristics did you really admire about him? His creativity, mm-hmm. uh, his his genius. Um, his ability to write so clearly and humorously, and uh, how do you say? It? He was just a very good writer. Um, and could could spin a, a yarn. Mm-hmm. So good communicator. Good communicator, and, yeah. And creative, being curious. Yep, very. Mm-hmm. Who else? Hmm. There's Dave Renson, Karen, Yvonne Chenard, Dave Robinson, Warren Buffett. Right. Um, so what was the question again? How do I? What are the what? Leadership are some of the things that you learned about leadership from the people that we've talked to? What are those most important characteristics of a great leader? Okay. Well, Yvonne Chouinard um, definitely tried or, or de- definitely set out to build a company a- according to his own strong principles of protecting and preserving the environment. Mm-hmm. To the best that to the best of his abilities, um, you know. See, it really took strong ownership of cradle to cradle aspects of the products that his company made. So innovation, there's a lot of innovation there. Um, you know, a lot, a lot of care about the company he was building and its impact on the environment and. Uh, long-term sustainability of the money as well as the ecosystem involved. Mm-hmm. 
Um, Dave Renson, I would say uh, just uh, continuous learner, uh, very, uh, very strong, very smart uh, technical leader as well as a uh, business leader. Uh, and uh, a, a, a person, people person. So easy to get along and with. Very well, very, very well networked as well. Very, mm -hmm. very good at networking. Well, Dave Robinson, um, again, great communicator, uh, good writer, mm -hmm. um, technical acumen about the, the information. Um, you know, he was sharing with people in his book about how to eat better and improve your health. That's a great list. That's a great list. So we have innovation, being mm -hmm. well connected, mm -hmm. being great communicators, mm -hmm. building trust, mm -hmm. being people person, like really being interested in others, having competence, technical acumen, and being creative. It's mm -hmm. a very powerful list. Yeah. Some of the ones that also spoke to me when we were listening through is for Karen, she's very authentic about who she is. And she's also willing to jump into the trenches. Like she's willing to go scoop poop and feed the cows and do whatever needs to be done in order to solve the mission and, and keep things moving forward. I really, I really admire her for that. Hmm. So, um, th what's the word there? Uh, perseverance. Perseverance. Yep. Strong. Absolutely. Perseverance and David Renson too. Yeah. Resiliency, like that's something right. I saw in him because he had to like pivot as soon as he was in a challenging situation and it wasn't working out the way they thought, so he had to pivot and move. Mm -hmm. So that was that to me was really powerful. And then Dave Robinson too. Like one thing I liked about his was he did not take the status quo. <laughs> so that spoke to my disruptor. He didn't accept that, okay, I'm gonna be on medicine the rest of my life, what else can I do? Mm -hmm. And even though he's still on medication now, he still is able to change his way of being and explore that option really in-depthly and help others mm -hmm. um, make change in their own world. So Kelly Green things. too, same Kelly, with Kelly Oh, Green. Kelly Green, absolutely, yep. Yeah. So those are things, yeah. Uh, and again, with the pivot and resiliency, mm -hmm. the Busky Cider guys. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> okay, this is good. Reflection on the things that we've talked about so far. Yeah, what did, like what did we learn from all this stuff? Yeah. <laughs> good. Yeah. So, yeah, resiliency in the face of uncertainty and complexity is talked about a lot as one of the key characteristics of great leaders. Um, having a vision and sticking to that vision, charting a path for success and figuring out how to get there by instilling others. Uh, making lasting contributions and time for reflection on personal growth and then helping others create that space in their own worlds. So really being those great communicators and helping others achieve their dreams. Uh, can I ask you when you do this class or when you do yeah, coaching yeah. on this, who are the, who are some of the people in the, the list of leaders that you, that you look to? Typically the, which to answer your question, typically the leaders that come out, or who you would expect. Nelson Mandela. I wouldn't expect that. You wouldn't have expected that? <laughs> no, uh, he almost so always comes up. Nelson Mandela. Churchill. What's the Churchill's like the first thing that pops in my head? He, came, he usually comes up too. Um, Reagan. Um, who else? Clinton comes up a lot as a great communicator. 
uh, uh, Gandhi comes up. Steve Jobs. Steve Jobs, yep, he comes up. All right, so, so we went through kind of some characteristics for you to think about. The next phase is your personal values. What do you value? So this is an exercise, and again, we'll have this on the blog that you can download for yourself. Here is a list of values, and I want you to go through it. If one's not on here that really speaks to you, just write it down on the side, because this is not a never-ending list. But mark the top 10 that are of most meaning for you, and we'll give you a few minutes to do this. Top 10 out yeah. of this list? The top 10 out of this list. Okay. So I'm going to pause for a minute. Okay, so James put out his top 10, and that took, you know, a couple minutes. Now, next, I want you to narrow it down to five. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we're going to pause again. All right, and that took about 30 seconds. Now choose your top three. So I made him go to three, and as is quite normal, he wasn't quite ready to go down to three yet. Because what do you it mean takes quite normal? What? If you go to three, it's like, well, that's kind of a thin leader. But five is a little, you know, a little, a little okay. more robust of a leader there, I think. Interesting. So my top three are creativity, collaboration, and competence. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. What are your top five? I chose boldness, bravery, Creativity, decisiveness, and I'm gonna go with directness. I was on the fence between discipline and directness, but if I'm choosing five, I'm gonna go with directness. I feel like that's better. Mm -hmm. Which one speaks to you the most out of all of them? For some reason, boldness jumped out to me. Mm. It was either boldness or directness mm -hmm. that I feel like I, I really admire. Mm -hmm. And what do you admire about those? Well, the boldness is, you know, someone who's not mealy mouth or scared to address things and, uh, is, you know, someone who's, uh, you know, kind of bold and bravery are the, kind of the two things. And that's why uh, I don't know how to distinguish between those two, but I chose them both. Um, uh, you know, someone who's, who's willing to dream big and, and go for it. Yeah. So I like I like that word. Um, the, this other one though, directness, I really appreciate. Someone who doesn't mince words mm -hmm. and leave you guessing. Well, what the hell did they just mean by saying that? <laughs> Are they just trying to be polite, not hurt? Like, you know, yeah. tell me what the hell you're thinking. <laughs> be direct. I love that. Mm -hmm. That's why I really appreciate directness in a leader. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. People have a hard time with that. People sometimes. have a really hard time with that. Yeah. Because they're not bold. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so if you got both of those, then to me, you're like, all right. You're very strong. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty good leader there. That's awesome. All right. So part three, putting it all together. So a leadership vision statement can take time. Typically, you're not going to have it the first time out. It's something that you write down and then you want to reflect upon and really get it right. Mm. Uh, so you don't feel like you have to have a final version. Well, how long did it take you to come up with yours? Me? Yeah. Uh, the first one I ever did, oh gosh, um, I wrote it and then I rewrote it and then I rewrote it and okay. about three okay. months later I was comfortable okay. with it. All right. 
Um, my second one round uh, took about a week because obviously I taught the class a lot and I it's ob- processing in my subconscious at all times. Hmm. Uh, and then my last one, um, yeah, it took me took me about a week to get it right for hmm. me. What is the motivation for you in doing this? For me, it's that, and for a leadership vision statement, it's the ideal person of who you want to be, that ideal leader. And especially as a supervisor now, I want to make sure that I am being the absolute best leader that I can be every day. And if I'm not, why not? And how do I? So it's it's like a way to measure the success of who you are, the way to measure the success of your leadership skills are, and am I growing as a leader or not? And that's the cool thing about a leadership vision statement. Once you achieve it and you're living it every day and it's part of your being, you need to change that because it's no longer a vision statement. It's who you are. So it's a way to become. But why do you want to be that? Why do I want to be the best leader that you can be? That's a good question. Well, because I'm teaching it and preaching it, so I need to <laughs> act as I am compelling others and compelling others to do. You're a preacher. <laughs> because I think it's important. If I'm a supervisor and I'm an asshole, lazy supervisor, then I'm not getting anything done. And I could be. You know, I could be like, whatever. You guys can stay siloed, and I'm not going to help you achieve things. And I'm going to be a barrier or I'm just going to ignore you. Do your own thing, whatever. Let me know if you have a problem and or if you're going to get in trouble. But otherwise, I don't care. So I could be like that. But what's the value? Why did they hire me in the first place? They hired me because of my skill set and of my motivation and my drive to make things better. Yeah, I'm, I'm just I'm trying to get more closer to the or I'm trying to get more closer. I'm trying to get closer to the root of the motivation behind your desire to be a disruptor. Oh, versus having a leadership vision statement. You want my perspective on why to be a disruptor? Yeah, where does that motivation come from? Um, I've been that way my entire life and gotten a lot of trouble in the Navy on a regular basis because of it and growing up too um, because I saw inefficiencies and or I saw injustice or which is you know typically unfairness hmm. or I experienced this and like nobody else should have to experience this. This is really hard. Hmm. Um, and... So for me, it's making a better world. Hmm. Like when I was trying to start my dissertation, Dr. Scully will tell you, she's like, okay, what do you, where, where are we going to go with your dissertation? I said, I don't care. I want to save the world. How do we do that? She's like, you got to narrow down your focus. <laughs> okay. So for me and doing this and helping others create their own personal leadership and vision statements, then I can help to change the world slowly by creating better leaders in the world. Mm. So there's a study by Gallup that's pretty powerful um, stating that there's a lot of really crappy leaders out there (laughs) because we do a terrible job in organizations about developing our people. Mm. Once they're supervisors, we're like, oh, you're a supervisor. Now we need to develop you. Oh, you're an executive. Now we have to develop you versus people coming right in the door and we start developing them then. Hmm. Everybody coming in the door at the basic ground entry level should have a leadership vision statement. Yeah, that's one of the great quotes I took away from Schwarzman is that great leaders are made, not born. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's very true. Of course, academia has a whole body of research on both, but I subscribe to emergent leadership, yeah. which is like that. Everybody, the, the complexity arises where the situation allows for leadership to emerge. And understanding if you took that step and were bold, 
Mm. Or if you didn't, and then again, reflecting on it to understand the why behind your actions and then being able to do something different next time around the situation comes up. Mm. Cool. That's great. <laughs> Thank you. So you ready to write your own? Yeah, well, I'm, I'm willing to, uh, I'm ready to, to start thinking about it, yeah. Okay. So a leadership vision statement is written in first person without, I'm going to give you instructions. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> no, you can write it down. I'm just going to, like, if you don't have to, I'm going to give okay. you instructions. Um, so a leadership vision statement is written in first person. So that's an I, because I, I do. And then it's followed by an action verb. So I inspire, I move. Uh, and then you write... I crush? I crush their <laughs> tiny souls. <laughs> these, are the, these are the ones I like. Yes. <laughs> I smash. Smash. I crush. <laughs> I destroy the competition. <laughs> this is why I love you. <laughs> and it's also written in present tense. So even though it's a futuristic version of yourself, it's written in present tense, like you're acting it today and it's who you are today. Because hmm. that helps to activate the brain and making different decisions. So it's all interesting neuroscience. Hmm. A couple of examples. I move people to higher consciousness through art and imagination. Oh my gosh. No, next. <laughs> that was my previous Oh gosh, that's vision statement. So this one, okay, so this person was a client of mine. She was amazing. And <laughs> she really wanted to change her way of being and she was a blamer. Like, I'm blaming all of these people. And she also saw the worst in everybody. And she was the owner of a company. Hmm. So can you, you can imagine the culture. And she recognized that and wanted to change it to be a positive culture. Hmm. So I, I just so admire her. And she did. She did amazing things and transformed her whole organization. But her leadership vision statement that she came up with, I see the world through rose-colored glasses. <laughs> Which is really hard for her. Oh, that was what she was aspiring to be. Yeah. Oh, okay. Because she's so... She, that's, she's that's, a, that's funny. That took me off there for a minute. Okay. Yeah. So she was because of the blame culture. Yeah. Saw negativity yeah. in others. So she just wanted to have a more positive outlook. Yep. So I see, I see the world through rose-colored glasses. Okay. So I think a key aspect of this is to find something in you that's not performing the way you want to mm -hmm. first. Yeah. And then to make that vision statement something to, to evolve to. Yeah. To improve to. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Or even leveraging a strength that you have. So if you have a really positive strength, but you really want to take it to the next level, how do you do that? So if you're a good communicator, you want to be a great communicator. So it's right. not necessarily something you want to flip like she did, but you just want to improve a skill set. Um, two that I really like, too, are from different clients. I passionately inspire pride and ownership of shared goals. And I thrive on change and easily negotiate through challenges. Nice. Yeah. So, some things to think about as you're writing it are, how do I want to change the world for myself? Mm. How do I want to change it for my organization? How do I want to be remembered? If I could... I, that I really like. Yeah. Because I could think back to Ross Savage and how she wrote her obituary. Yeah. To... to, to to kind of frame her life, mm -hmm. which that's genius. And so I really like that. Like, how do you want to be remembered? Mm -hmm. I like that. Okay. Excellent. I'll just go through some of the other questions for our listeners. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> no, it's good. <laughs> if I could invent the future, what future would I invent for myself? What mission absolutely obsesses me? 
What do I dream about? What's my most distinctive skill or talent? What's my burning passion? What work do I find absorbing, involving, and enthralling? What will happen in 10 years if I remain absorbed, involved, and enthralled in that work? What's my personal agenda and what do I want to prove? So there's some questions to think about as you're writing this, but obviously okay. how do I want to be remembered is most powerful for you. Oh uh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's almost, to me, that's like the only thing that matters. Mm -hmm. I love that. So we're gonna pause for a minute and let James focus on his leadership vision statement. So that took probably about 10 minutes to come up with a, just at least a framework. And that's pretty normal just to write something down and then revise it as you think about it. And again, the first one, again, took me three months to really figure out and get it solidified to where I really liked it. Yeah. So I came up with three just to kind of see what they sounded like and see what they felt like. And I used this list of um, uh, leadership uh, characteristics that you had me group and you know come up with the top 10 and try to incorporate those into my thing mm -hmm. and so here here the, I, I don't know if these I'll probably I definitely want to redo these but these are three that I came up with <laughs> the first one sounds familiar it goes I boldly go where no man has gone before I love it <laughs> gosh that speaks to me <laughs> So Captain James T. Kirk, he should be one of the top leaders that we talk about. Heck yeah! <laughs> Isn't that cool? I love it. I did, you, I, maybe you that totally one will take stick. It. Yeah. Maybe that one will stick. I don't know. I like that one though. Captain Kirk. <laughs> the second one is, I creatively designed the first sentient uh, AI. Ooh, damn. <laughs> yeah, that's a big one. I it? always knew you were going to create the Skynet. <laughs> <laughs> So I don't know about that one, but I think I like it. Which one do you like of those two? It better? doesn't matter what I like. Oh, okay. And then the third one was just uh, kind of foo-foo. I plant and grow trees for my children's children. Mm, it's a very futuristic. Yeah. Yeah. Very Iroquois. Right yeah, there. totally. Yeah. Nice. So thank you. That was, that was, that was, it's hard. It's really difficult. And I definitely, so after writing these three, I'm like, okay. I feel how those sound to me, and um, I'm going to continue working on that. Awesome. So what was the hardest part? The hardest part is trying to uh, do look inward and figure out, well, what is it you really want to do? What is it you really want to fix? What, mm -hmm. what is it you really want to improve? And then try to make the vision statement pull that out of you mm -hmm. and, and motivate you to do something differently in your life think that's awesome yeah yeah well thanks for going through this with me it's great thank you this is good coach <laughs> coach capel dr coach capel <laughs> <laughs> yeah so if uh, you guys are interested again we'll have some of these templates on our blog you can pull them down and if you ever want to talk please reach out and we could totally do a little session with you a little coaching around your values and who you want to be. Awesome. Thank you very much. Have a great night.